0: This podcast is brought to you by Digital One. Tell your story, connect with your audience, and build your brand with an engaging podcast. Learn more at d i g o n e dot
1: It's the Mount Freelance Show. Here to help your freelance grow. We're cracking jokes and talking to folks who are in the freelance know. Cause it's the Mount Freelance Show. Oh, yes, and this is our intro. That's correct. So take a seat and kick up your feet for the Mount Freelance Podcast Show.
0: The song does not lie. You are listening to the Mount Freeland podcast. I am Andrew Dixon, and with me is my good friend. Aaron James, that's my name. That's, did you not, You notice how I set you up there?
2: Thank you. It was you. like a volleyball
0: and, lob. Yeah.
2: And you spiked it. I, I don't know if that one was in or not, but uh, thank you for set the setup. <laughs> so, Andrew, what is this podcast all about? We've been working on it, and it's kind of our thing, so w- what are we doing?
0: Well, you know, we started that online course and member community for freelancers, and we realized that there are a lot of really experienced creative freelancers that have these awesome stories to tell and this great advice, so we thought we would maybe invite them on the podcast
2: that sounds good um, I think we've been doing this long enough where we've been fortunate enough to brush shoulders with some really interesting folks and this is kind of a platform for them to share their story share their their insights their hacks what guides them in their journey is being really being business owners when you're a freelancer you own a business and uh, that's one thing that we always like to underline Andrew, what is it like to be, you know, funny every day? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, we have our moments.
0: We are very hilarious once in a while. Yeah,
2: we've, we've had a, a couple, a couple good laughs on this podcast. Um, but I wouldn't really put us in the professional funny, you know, category.
0: I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay to see us tell jokes.
2: Yeah, but Amy Miller is on today, and she's quite a big deal. Um, People pay money to see her be funny because she is. Yes, and how in the world did we get her on the show? That's that's amazing. I, you
0: know, back in the day, we when she was living here in Portland, we performed together. We were in a, a show called the New Shit Show, which often was a shit show. And so, oh,
2: kind of, so it kind of made sense. Double
0: entendre, but yeah, but I'm super excited. She said yes. Yeah, and so
2: they're freelancers
0: too, comedians, Yeah, if you think about it. Unless they are on a show, which she was. She was on Last Comic Standing, so okay. we, should, we should ask her about that. Yeah, let's do that. Amy Miller, we're so happy to have you on the podcast today. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun already. <laughs> I love it. We just started. And we just started, <laughs> and I feel like I had so much fun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So one of the questions we always like to kind of start out with is is um, let's imagine a different time when we can go to cocktail parties and you meet someone and they ask you what do you do what what is your kind of go-to answer
1: Oh I say I'm a comedian or sometimes stand-up comedian if I'm judging somehow what their level of savvy is around <laughs> around comedy um, but yeah I definitely always say comedian at least for the last five to six years maybe
0: and what's the immediate follow-up to that like from from so what do, do people want to know
1: it's all over the place uh, the I guess the hack if I'm gonna call them hacks <laughs> the hackiest responses the most common would be what kind of comedy do you do which I always think is a funny <laughs> question um, are you on Netflix no or where can I find you or? A lot of the time, I just get like, "No, you're not." <laughs> but that's you know, because I, I mean, that's for a lot of reasons. Maybe I don't look funny, but I'm also a woman. I don't you know, if I'm just like in the back of your Uber in Kansas City or whatever, and you ask me what I do, usually I lie. But you know, the number of times that I've told the truth, uh, the response is often shock and dismay. <laughs>
2: So when uh when you talk to other comedians, do you guys ever talk about the fact that you're freelance?
1: I don't know that we use that word so much. I mean it doesn't come up very often because it is sort of like implied, you know. I mean it's like, you know, someone saying I'm a musician or or I'm a, I'm an artist. It's like I'm not calling comedy art, don't worry. Uh, We don't have to go down (laughs) down that road, (laughs) my art form. Um, But yeah, it's sort of implied, so I I don't think it's something that comes up. I mean, we definitely talk about the pieces of being freelance and how to best do that, but it's not a word that we use very often. It's just so much a part of the job.
2: Yeah, you probably just don't like the word free, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't like the word Lance actually (laughs) makes me think of moles and I don't, you know, I have sensitive skin, so
0: (laughs) part of, part of why we wanted you to come on the show is because I don't think we, we do, we don't really think of, you know, musicians and performers and comedians as freelance, but obviously, like you said, it's almost implied. It's so obvious that, you know, as a comedian, is, is there such a thing as going full time?
1: Definitely. And I'll get into that, but first I just want to say like, you know, since the pandemic, this is been very clear uh, that it's like yeah we all like as a culture to be entertained and like go out and do stuff but also if you guys starve to death that's fine too (laughs) you know it's (laughs) like even though culturally we love to be entertained there's still this like assumption that if you are an entertainer that is your hobby you know until you're all the way famous and then people kind of get that like we get famous people as a culture. They understand Dave Chappelle, you know what I mean? But like a sort of mid-level working comic is still a mystery to so many people. So I don't know. I wish we would talk about it more as a freelance gig or a job at all because I think it puts a little bit more respect on the gig and um, and also it, you know, it creates this assumption that you should be paid for it and it is a skill and it's a skill that we work at. Um so I don't remember your original question now because I just went on that tangent. Uh...
0: This is a show of tangents.
1: <laughs> let, well,
0: let's, let's talk about that because I think, yeah, a lot of people, they sort of understand what someone who is going to open mic nights for, for not getting paid means and they understand Dave Chappelle. But what, what, is, what is being, let's talk about what is being a, a working comic
1: look and feel like? That's what's funny, too, is there are many ways to go full time. And I think there's some understanding of a few of those arenas. I think where the mystery lies is kind of exactly where where I exist and a lot of my peers exist, which is in the sort of piecing together of a bunch of different jobs. Um, You know, I am I am like historically primarily a stand up. I mean, that has also been because a lot of my time doing comedy, I had a full-time job on top of it. As you know, I worked in Portland for years, um, in music venues. Uh, and so once I left my day job, my, the bulk of my income came from live stand up, which is very lucky. And I would say very rare because if you want stability and you want health insurance, and I mean, comedians are people <laughs> like, you know, we want job, security and stability as much as anybody else so a lot of my peers will um, will take that writing job you know whether it's late night or uh, any number of you know stable full-time gigs that you can get and then what kind of ends up happening is that those people don't have a lot of time to tour or do stand-up all the time
0: was talk about being on uh, last comic standing was that was that a was that another kind of milestone or boost and was it helpful or hurtful? And, and did you get paid? I'm always curious when people go, <laughs> reality, is it just like, you're welcome yes. for the, the exposure? Or? You
1: definitely get paid. I mean, I think anytime you're on, especially a network, uh, you get paid. I love to do standup. So for me, I thought it's a credit. Let's, you know, that's what we, That's what we call it in the biz. (laughs) You're trying to stack credits, basically. And, you know, network, a network credit, uh, Last Comic Standing, it does bring people out. People see you on that show, and they follow you, and then they buy tickets to see your stand-up. So for me, it was like whatever happens on this show, as long as I don't blow it, which I didn't think I would. And the show at the time was produced by... stand-up comics, Paige Hurwitz and Wanda Sykes. So, like, they weren't out to ruin any lives. They're not Simon Cowell, you know? (laughs) Um, They were there producing that show to help comics get to the next step. So I saw it as, if I do this show, more people will come see my stand-up, and then I can move from, you know, host to feature or feature to headliner, depending on what it is. And, or I can put together my own little tour, which I ended up doing. I had a lot of fun. I mean, you know, we were staying at a Hilton in LA with our friends, uh, and then taping for a couple hours a day and telling jokes for money. And, and the money is decent. I mean, it's all like, you know, day rates. And then if you, The fun part was later if they end up using like more clips of you in the show, like background stuff, you know, they have to pay you. It's NBC. So I got paid pretty much what I thought I was going to make, which is whatever the daily at the time was like, I don't know, 1750 or something, which is great for feeling like I was on vacation.
0: Here in Portland, Aaron, we can get Stumptown Coffee whenever we want. But what if folks who live elsewhere need to do? Um, I'm not sure, actually. They go to the internet, and they can actually sign up to get a subscription service where every other Monday, fresh whole bean coffee is going to be sent to their door. Oh, my gosh. So it's like a magazine... That you can drink. (sighs) Do they grind it? They don't, because they don't want any flavor to be lost in the mail. If you enter MT Freelance at checkout, you're going to get 50% off your first order.
2: Oh my gosh. Could you bump that up to half off that first order?
0: I think I have the authority. Yes! Okay. Half off.
2: Let's do it. MT Freelance at checkout at StumptownCoffee.com. So as you're navigating kind of all these different opportunities and kind of shows and all this stuff... With Mount Freelance, we talk about kind of like forming a team around you to to help with things, um, either that are too much work for one person or stuff that you don't like doing. Who are the um, who who are your teammates?
1: So I have an agent uh, and I have a manager, and yeah, I mean they're pretty much what I have. So they. Send, oh, no, that's not true. What am I saying? I also have a voiceover agent and a commercial agent. <laughs> Just <laughs> forgot about them. Um, agents. And a literary agent. Oh, okay, so, so you have five. is <laughs> <laughs> <Demon's So>, growing. <laughs> <laughs> I got those very late in the game. I mean, like almost nine years into stand-up. The whole management agent situation is very strange in this industry. It's a lot of very unfunny people. And many of them are like 17 year old boys. You know <laughs> what I mean? Which is maybe also why I wasn't approached a lot. Cause it's like, you know, this is like a, a fully formed adult woman. Like it's, I don't know. I just wasn't a match. So I was really glad that these uh, two ladies came along
0: well, talk a little bit about being a, a woman in comedy, and and I remember when I was on Facebook for a while there, you were so good at engaging with men and sexist men, and and I, for a while there, you were even doing this thing where you would just write, "I don't understand," and then someone just <laughs> just write this whole tirade, and then you just say, "I don't understand," and you could get you could bait someone who who didn't know their, you know, who was ignorant for like five or six posts. But yeah, what what's that been like?
1: Oh, uh, being a woman in comedy. I mean, that's uh, so many places to go there. I mean, the online thing is like a its whole own beast. Um, and what I tell my, uh, my male colleagues a lot of the time is like, it's pretty much just a part of our lives. Like, Almost every day, you know, you're going to get trolled. Someone's going to say something terrible about you. Yes, it happens to other comedians who are not women, but it's not as constant. It's, you know, you can compare it maybe to street harassment. It's like, you know, if you're a, a dude out in the world and you're walking around, like you might have someone yell something at you or fuck with you, you know, once a month or something or every six months. But like, imagine if it's every day. And yes, you can leave it. You can put your phone down. But also we're comedians. We're. Heavily encouraged to be online a lot, especially right now, um, and it is a big part of our job. So, and it's you know, it is like that street harassment argument of like, you know, if you don't like it, why are you wearing a mini skirt? Well, if you don't want to be trolled, why are you online? Well, no, that's not that's not the question. It's like, why do we tolerate this? You know, and why is it so common? Um, and also, why do you all as men not like keep it in mind when you're sort of piecing together? Why is she so upset about that one thing that someone said at the comedy club? Well, it's the 10th thing that day, you know? Um, so the, uh, you know, stand up stuff, it's, it's, I it kind of got almost worse in the last year um, because during COVID, it's been nearly impossible to get women. To headline. Uh, I've turned down many gigs. And so it's been funny to see like the overlap between misogynists in comedy who are also willing to perform during a pandemic and bookers that are fine with having an all male calendar. I mean, these are the kind of the conversations that we have in the in the background and in, in the many women's text threads that I am a part of. From, you know, comics at my level to much greener to very famous people that you've heard of that I won't mention that are, you know, we text about or what's going on, who's touring and, and how we're all feeling about it. And, um, it's just, I don't know. It's weird. It's almost worse than ever. (laughs) We haven't even been out. So it's like, (laughs) uh, it sucks, but I'm not going to stop doing it. I, I mean, You know, and you know, like I, I worked in music for a long time. I worked in, I mean, I saw as much fucking misogyny in Portland independent music venues as I see in comedy. So it's just, it's just in almost every job, like unless I'm going to go back to teaching or social work, like it's just there. So I can't let it stop me from doing my job.
2: You know, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Um, just and i i don't want to ask the generic what's your creative process but i am kind of curious how how has that evolved um you know when when kind of the normal work workflow of of performing live is is stunted
1: yeah so one thing that really changed is i always had stand up for like not only money but for sort of that validation that i'm like I'm in this job, I'm doing this job. You know, no one can say I'm not doing this job because I'm getting on another plane to go do this job for money. And it was very concrete, like, I get up in whatever city, I tell jokes, people laugh, someone gives me a check. And that's like, okay, I'm working. Um, So in the background, while I'm also applying for writing jobs and doing auditions in person and whatever else, it was like, I, I would say the disappointment stung a little bit less because I was like, well, I'm I have this whole thing. Like I have a whole job doing stand up, which is not true for every comic. I've Pre-pandemic, I had a lot of friends who are very funny, who want to do stand up all the time, but just aren't, you know, don't get booked for whatever reason. And they're getting turned down from the auditions. So it's like, that's very hard. That's sort of the life I'm living right now because I don't have the stand-up piece. I mean, sometimes like Zoom shows, it's not the same. I'm grateful for them. You know, um, anything that's like money to do my job right now, I'm grateful for. Um, But it's been like, it does make you feel like you're going a little crazy, especially because we're all in the house. So everything I do for work is like in here. You know, of course, we didn't think it was going to go on this long.
2: Yeah, it was supposed to only last two weeks, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Two weeks, two months, three months. And I have been lucky. I haven't done a full-time writing job, uh, you know, in the past year, but I've gotten a couple just temporary things that have totally saved me and have been really fun. And they've been comedy. And I wrote on someone's I wrote someone's comedy special. I can't say who it is because I had to sign an NDA. Um, but that's very common for famous stand-ups now is you just get to a point where you don't even write your own material. You just hire a couple comics to write. Really? It. Oh, yeah. And then if it's panned in the reviews, then you can be like, well, I had writers. <laughs> <laughs> if it's praised, then you're like, still got it. Um.
2: <laughs> Andrew, you know what's not a lot of fun? Uh, root canals? Yeah. What else? The pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> True. But what I was thinking of, and I'm surprised you didn't say this, is buying brand new windows. Oh, right. That's not. A, yeah,
0: yeah, that's not yeah, funny. That either. is
2: not fun. So that's why Indo Window invented super cool window inserts that fit into your existing windows, so you don't have to replace them. Mm. So it's like getting all the benefits of new windows without having to pay to install them. And if you're looking to eliminate drafts, reduce noise, filter out UV rays, which we know those are the worst rays of all, or lower your heating bells, you can go to indowindow.com backslash freelance for 10% off your Indowindow order.
0: That would be MT Freelance as opposed to M-O-U-N-T Freelance.
2: Correct. M-T Freelance. And that's after the slash.
0: I think I'm going to do that. Do it. I remember, you know, we, we performed together years ago in the new shit show where um, we was sort of a variety show where people from different genres were all per- performing new work. And I remember at one point after a show, you're like, what a terrible idea, performing comedy for the first time ever. <laughs> so talk a little bit about kind of the life and the life and lifespan of, of a joke or material, like how long does it take to develop something? How long can you use it for? What, how does that kind of work?
1: yeah so I that show was really fun and I think ultimately ended up being really good for me because I would kind of sow the seeds for a new joke that would develop into something um, more fleshed out later. But in the moment, it's probably it probably was scary. I mean I was also again really new at that time to comedy and so I think you know after you kind of write a joke down, which is for me, um, about 50/50 in a notebook and versus my phone um my phone notes or I'll email it to myself or whatever it is like after that idea then you know stand up is really weird that way that you have to have a place to try it out it's not like songwriting or whatever where you're like oh I can sit down with my guitar and over the next day or two feel like I have a song like you have to go out there and try it so I think those first couple tries, you want to do it in sort of a low stakes environment, <laughs> you know, like at an open mic or, or a bar show or something or work it into uh, a longer set so that if it doesn't work, you can go back to something tried and true. Um, so the idea of the new shit show was always really fun because it's like there's people here. It's a good show. Like they're expecting to be entertained, but they were also going in with the expectation that everyone was doing whatever their thing was for the first time. So in the regular world, uh, I guess my process is a seed of a thought, which is often while I'm driving, cleaning or in the shower, might write it like just the beats of it out. Like, here's the premise. And that's funny to me. But what are the beats where I can like bake in a laugh at least every 30 seconds? That's a goal I set for myself. And then you just go try it.
0: So let me ask you, you you were talking about, um, you know, kind of the dream is writing and and starring in your own show. Do you have a vision for the Amy Miller show?
1: I've had several visions at this point. (laughs) I've had so many visions. Yeah, I mean, I've been through kind of pitch cycles with a couple different pilots. Um, You know, it's the same old L.A. story. Like things get close or they're totally going forward and then they fall apart. I mean. It's all about like what some 21 year old boy executive has decided people want to watch right now. But then they continue to be blindsided all the time. Then you get like a pen 15 and people go nuts for it because it's genius. And they're like, oh, I guess people do want to see like the story of women's adolescence, you know, and it's like, oh, we've been fucking telling you. Like, we're women. We want to watch it. You know, it's a terrible industry. I mean, they just realized that black people go to the movies four years ago. It's like, uh, it's sick. <laughs> so, yes, I have many visions for, like, what I would want that show to be. But it's been several different things. And I just, like, try to stay hopeful. But also at the core of it, like, see the writing of the thing as also fulfilling and a part of the process and a part of my life. Because, because if everything you write is like, I'm doing this to eventually make money on it, like, you know, it's just soulless. Um, So I also like just telling my story and I love going to meetings. I just love zooming with execs. That's one of my passions. Um, (laughs) Just trying to be funny. And uh, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. It's like, Right now, there's nothing I can do but just see everything day to day and try to be fulfilled by the process.
0: That really is a great advice because I think sometimes we do ca- get caught up as freelancers and everything has to be, we have to monetize everything. And, and there's something to really be said for enjoying the process and, and as you said, telling your story.
1: Well, and because people are always trying to dick you out of money. <laughs> like, I stole that phrase from Wayne's World and I use it a lot. Um, <laughs> But there's so much like combat all the time just to get the minimum of what you're worth that then it is a struggle to remind yourself like also it can be fulfilling to do some things I won't make money on on my own terms. But then I'm over here also fighting for a couple pennies to like tell jokes on zoom, which I don't want to do anyway, (laughs) you know? So I had, I'd say about six months into the pandemic, I was like, okay, I'm not going to do any zoom shows unless they pay this minimum amount of money because it gives me anxiety. You're like in my house and I'm telling jokes to you. It's weird. Um, so it's like, you're constantly, you know, as freelancers, like setting these boundaries for yourself and deciding what you're worth, but then, yeah, it doesn't, it also doesn't feel good to put a, dollar sign on every single thing that you create or do, because that's not why we started doing this. I didn't start telling jokes to have a full-time job. I did it because I thought it was hilarious and weird and it would be fun. So it's hard. It's a hard balance, but it involves a lot of meditation and journaling and therapy. And whiskey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Well, I'll I'll ask one more just for fun. You know, the cliche is to say, you know, what advice would you give a young, you know, young comics or comics early in their career? But I'm curious if you ever, did you get any advice early in your comedy career that just turned out to be
1: utter garbage? I think the big one that we all often get is, well, okay, two. Uh, Well, see, now I'm like, these are kind of negatives. Maybe I should pick But you'd use the word garbage. So, well, okay, so one thing is like the big myth of like, you can't be funny until you've done it for 10 years. Um, This is a myth perpetuated by men who start comedy at 18 years old and they don't have anything to talk about and nobody cares. And they just talk about jerking their dicks and drugs and whatever. And then they're like, oh, it really took me a long time to be relatable. Yeah, because you were a child and you were drunk. (laughs) Um, Some of us start as adults. (laughs) And I'm not saying, you know, I can always get better. I'm not saying I was a genius five years in, but I was funny. I was good. So that is a myth that everybody says when you start, like, it's going to take 10 years. I mean, still be encouraged to perform as much as possible. That's all about this 10,000 hour shit, right? So I still did that. I still did stand up. It's why I moved to Portland. So I could do the most sets possible in a week, you know, any given week and like, that worked out so still perform as much as you can when the world is hopefully back uh right now there's you know open mics online and you can still do it and use social media to write jokes like that's what twitter should be for um to collect donations for people who need it and to write jokes like that's it uh that's what i want to use it for now so like do it where you can um, right now, but in the normal world, yeah, perform as much as possible. Um, this is the positive note I'll end on, Andrew <laughs> and Aaron. Um, I am hoping that if and when we have a semi-normal world again with live events, that we will all go back to appreciating how special that was because... Yeah, it sucks if I travel to a comedy club and then the owner tries to short me money or whatever or, you know, I'm staying in a bad hotel. But that moment when that hour or 30 minutes, whatever, when I'm on stage, that collective experience is so special. It's so unique. It only happens that night. That's one of the things I loved about the new shit show. It's like we were doing new stuff, but it was like tonight is only happening tonight. Well, if you came to this show, you're never going to see this show again. Uh, You'll never have an experience like this again. And I think it was very easy to take all that for granted. But now that we've had it ripped away from us, like I really hope we all go back to really, really appreciating that. And if you are starting comedy, that is the best perspective that you'll have. Like if you go into every show thinking... This is not me just talking to people. This is a collective experience that I'll never have again. You get, you know, it gets gets almost spiritual. Like it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And if you stay appreciating that, I mean, I'm so glad I always appreciated that for the most part. Because now I'm just, you know, we've been inside for a year and I miss groups. Um, But yeah, just like, just remember that. Whatever, if it's music or comedy or Whatever your thing is, like, you know, if it's performance, I can't speak to artists who just do their art at home, They're geniuses. I don't know how you guys do it um, without attention. Like how do you <laughs> How do you do the thing you love without people clapping while you do it? That's what I don't understand. Um, but if you perform, just like try and remember, if we get to do it again, like it's really awesome.
0: Mm. Amen.
2: Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Amy. It was really great to hear from you and loved what you shared.
1: Thank you guys for having me. This was so fun. And now I'll sing a song. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. It's time for the Q&A time uh, with Mount Freelance. So here's another question that, that came in on our website. Um, do you put personal information, you know, and personal kind of photos and stuff on your Instagram or work, or does it matter if it's kind of a combination, it's blended or, or what's a good philosophy on like social media as a freelancer? I think a lot of it
0: has, I mean, if, if you like to live your life out loud and your, you know, your your pets and your, you know, your lifestyle and your family or, you know, friends are kind of part of your whole aesthetic and you, and you want to share that, I think, you know, having one place is, is fine, but, you know, uh, as a private person, you know, I think it really makes sense to have a place where, you know, friends and family are going to see what you're up to and then having somewhere that's dedicated, you know, whether that's two Instagrams or having, you know, sort of, I'm, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to really share work on Instagram and then Facebook or, you know, somewhere else is going to be more sort of for, um, you know, for family and friends. But I, I think you definitely want somewhere that people are going to be able to follow and say, wow, this looks like someone who's doing great work or is fun to work with or, you know, uh, I mean, the, the, the best way to get a, an, a, the attention of a client is to have them reach out to you. You know, so if you can mm-hmm. actually having, you know, have clients and recruiters and creative directors following you, um, you know, you're like that just makes that negotiation so much easier, <laughs> you know, when they've reached out to you versus you reached out to them. The Mount Freelance podcast is handcrafted by the producers, mixers, and sound designers of Digital One, Portland, Oregon. Executive producer Eric Stolberg, post producer Kelsey Woods, assistant engineer Tristan Schmunk, who also created the theme song and incidental music. To learn more about Aaron, Andrew, and Mount Freelance, visit MTFreelance.com. Thanks for listening, and may your day rate be high and your vacations long. Digital One.